ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 41 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. That's it? That's like the third episode in a row now where you've said that's it. I know because I'm expecting you to totally do something weird. Um, I would like to think that in some ways I have matured as a person this year. 2020 has been a year of growth for me. Uh, a year of introspection. Huh. Shall we say? That, that's, that's what we're calling it? No. Uh, I mean, again, like I fell down the stairs and my life flashed before my eyes. And so now I'm like bill murray and groundhog day where i'm just trying to figure out what i got to do to get out of this hellhole no No, life has actually been pretty good the last week uh i can't complain too much not that anybody well i mean i guess like the 11 or 12 people that regularly listen to our podcast would listen to me because that's what they're here for right you want to hear me bitch you want to hear me bitch and moan you know who i hate nobody not this week it's time for politics. Well, you want to hear some breaking news? Yes, breaking news. What happened? Just just came in over text. There is a effing Trump parade on Highway 55. <laughs> uh, what the hell? Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so, like, um people marching down highway 55 like like they won the pennant I, <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know what's going on but good lord like, yeah i mean um there's a lot of trump signs you know um i i'll be honest i haven't turned in my ballot yet it's filled out i was gonna do it today I just I, I lost track of time and podcast. So tomorrow morning after I drop off, yeah, dude. I, no, I know. Are, I mean, like, I I gotta I gotta get it done because this is the last week that I can do it. Um, we're we're seven seconds in the round left, man. Yeah, seven and I, I'm I'm ready to throw my my final haymaker. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh like we've discussed in the Powell household if. Trump gets reelected. We're not watching the news for four years. And that's kind of extreme, but I think I might go that route. I did see on SNL, they, they did this like PSA of like, what are people going to talk about when he's not in office? And I'm like, anything else but Trump. Like, you know, I mean, like they said the same thing about George W. Bush. With like the Daily Show and the Colbert Report and stuff like, whoa, they're you know they just love like, what are you going to do now that you don't have George W. Bush to pick on? It's like, there's plenty for us to still pick on. You got tons of stupid Republican senators and <laughs> <laughs> local <laughs> politicians to make fun of. Like, I mean, I don't know what did what do you expect us to do? Not find the ridiculousness in all of this and point it out. Well, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I don't, I'll tell you what, here's how I feel about where we are right now. The math says more so than even with uh, Hillary Clinton, he's going to win. 
Wait, so I'm he. Of, <laughs> uh, Biden, Joe yeah, Biden. No, I mean, I, I, I know that's yeah. who you meant, but I just wanted yeah. you know to clarify for our listening audience. Yeah, I was just gonna be like, well, I was right either way. <laughs> yeah, know, so. he's gonna win. Mm, mm, strong and statement. I think uh, the math shows it a lot that he's definitely going to win it's a different map and i've actually been i've i kind of want this to be over with so i can start looking at other things when i and stop obsessing over the electoral map basically um it kind of looks like biden's going to win you know uh the only thing i i'm concerned about to be fair two points actually three now and we're going to talk about the other one later are one there's going to be the Trumpist party. And I don't know what that does. That's going to probably extend and have a little bit more of a stinging effect more so than the tea party Two, how long can the Democrats um, or can the democratic party manage the progressive wing of the party, which I'm not really sure if that's a reality and three, the Supreme court, you know, I think that, you know, I've said it, I'm open to this expand the court. Like, just expand the court. <laughs> like, I just like, I have no other thing but to say, expand the court. Um, I mean, and I think, you know, like Pelosi and Schumer basically hinted at that. Uh, was it today? I think, or yesterday with, with the official, you know, confirmation of Barrett that, yeah, basically echoing the, the same words that McConnell used in 2013, that it's like, you're going to regret this and probably a lot sooner than you think you will. Um, and I mean, I'll I'll be honest, like this whole eye for an eye, you know, tit for tat, um, political one-upsmanship, I don't think ultimately serves the benefit of anybody other than the politicians. But I do think that what has happened over the last month or so, um, has been, I mean, a mockery of what that whole process was actually supposed to be like. I mean, that's one of the most important it's, it is viewed as one of the most important positions within our government. And yet we have time and again, stripped away any sort of real process other than who happens to be in charge of the Senate at this point. It's, it's who holds a majority if you can get your party together. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's where we've talked about that it looks like, I mean, Trump himself has sat there and granted you're at a donor meeting. So, yeah, you're trying to get people to dump money in, but good luck competing with Bloomberg. I mean, that dude is just <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I got a hundred million. I got a hundred million. Easy. <laughs> I bet he spent more than that at this point. You know, like I bet I, I like I just and I, I feel to some degree like he's like doing it almost on behalf of New York, like fuck you, Donald Trump, you know, from New York. <laughs> I I really think, and this is like, um, maybe it's hopeful. I don't know, but I think a lot of people are voting because they really just hate this guy. Like forget all the other stuff. It's kind of like the, I really just don't like you. Like I've never seen the amount of, and I hate that they use the word enthusiasm when it comes to elections because a lot of times it's not it's not an enthusiastic thing to do. Um, but I think that people are voting out of a rage and a, a visceral reaction to Donald Trump. 
And like the guy's a he's the worst president in recorded history. I can think of others. I can think of people that have run for office that would probably mirror that. But I think by far he's the worst, most incapable person that we've ever had in the White House. So I hope, he, you know, here's to Donald Trump losing. You know, I, I really want that to be the case. Like the, you know, Michael Che, I think he said something that a lot of people were probably thinking on uh, the weekend uh, update. He goes, mumble, 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 mumble. Kind of wish he would have died. I was like, yo. <laughs> Again, I mean, like, I just, I don't know. I almost think that, yeah, I mean, because we talked about it when the news came out that he had COVID, that. You know, it's like I don't I don't wish ill on him, but I'm certainly not also like get well as soon as you can. Like yeah. I hope it's as simple as for you as possible. Um and the real reason is because I don't think he ever took it seriously until that moment. And then because they did all of these things immediately after he was basically diagnosed with it or started to exhibit any symptoms. He comes out of it thinking that's what they've been making such a big deal about. And this whole like, well, I want these treatments available to everybody. Okay. How are you going to do that? What is your plan to do that? I want Congress to figure out how are you going to do that? You have literally done nothing so far to even try and approach Democrats on things that weren't like urgent. Everything is falling off the cliff. If we don't fix this one thing right now, like the ineptitude of the president at this stage in the game is just, I, I just can't even, I can't like, I, I really can't find a redeeming quality of this guy. Um, you know, I actually watched uh, president Obama's speech today in the Orlando. one in Florida. Oh yeah. I, okay. And I'll tell you what, dude. Like, I didn't vote for him, but man, I should have voted for him. I kind of feel makes like, it, I, I mean, sh- the, I should it, take that back. I, I didn't want to vote for him. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. No, I mean, but it, but it makes you long for that type of opposition candidate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I voted for McCain. I voted for Mitt Romney. There's a lot of in their things about. What I often like, I'm often like afraid of the fact that there is a point in which you expand your government so, so largely it doesn't work anymore. And that's my fear. And there are, you know, candidates like Romney, candidates like McCain, where they, you know, genuinely nice people and and stand up type of dudes, where it's like, I agree more with what they're saying than what, you know, I hate to say it than what Barack Obama was saying. Like, I just didn't really. I wasn't feeling that. Um, and I tile that back to the idiot Jared Kushner, who basically says black people spend a lot of time complaining and that they need to want success more than the president does. And I'm like, yo, the GOP has no, like when you peel apart the onion, this is one thing you'll notice. They've made more moves in the last 20 years to not only consolidate power, but to hang on to a way of thinking that is steadily dying, like every day, like every cycle, you see that what the GOP stood for in the, you know, early 80s with the Reagan 
like era, it's dying. It doesn't exist anymore. You know, McCain and Romney are the last two guard of that era. People that held those values true. But uh... and that, if you ever, if you look at the history, you look at what how people vote. You look at the moves they made with gerrymandering, all these other things. It's just like, how do we stay in the game? Those are how do we stay in the game moves? And I think they're done. Yeah, I mean, you're excuse me, you're not you are not wrong in that. I think they're desperation moves. You know, like it's it is a a kind of we don't have any choice but to do this. Um, I think to some degree, though, right? There was. Uh, because especially like here in North Carolina, there was a big kind of push at one point, especially within the like the House of Representatives to or the state le- legislature to go red, you know, like go Republican, because that's when Phil Berger and those guys all started kind of coming in. And maybe right. it was more that he showed up. But, you know, it's like whoever was in control basically got to draw the maps, which really that's what no let's not <laughs> provide some sort of independent group that does that let's let the freaking that's the same thing like they get to vote on their own freaking pay raises like what how is that not something that goes on a ballot i so as much as i mock california they put forth a lot of uh propositions to their um constituents and you got to respect that um at the same time, I was kind of pissed at the state of North Carolina when they, like the, the argument about uh, same-sex marriages came about. And I, when I look at it, it wasn't about the legal rights of those couples. It was about the language they use for the law and the particular term being marriage. And I was like, uh, stop doing that. Like, like, let's like take the win and keep moving on. Like, let's do that. Uh, because they put it on the ballot, the people voted one way, and they took it to the state Supreme Court and squashed the whole deal. Yeah, I, I say all that to say this. And I, I'm going to use North Carolina as an example of how what we're going to see in the next probably three to six cycles, in my opinion, is going to be the not the undoing of the American democracy, but the evolution of accountability to um, to representatives remember this stupid bathroom law yeah that north carolina thought was a good idea yeah what happened everybody and their mom said you either get rid of that law or we're never coming back to your state right i do i'm starting to believe that we're at a point where people they look at cancel culture and they're just like you know they're scratching the tip of the iceberg I, I'm start, I'm starting to get very comfortable with the idea and the evolution of politics in this country to where social change will happen hell what way before you passing legislation. That's what's going to be the push for it, right? I mean, like that'll this, be the norm. Yeah, yep. it the the social change has to occur like that tipping point has to occur before legislation is going to be put in place. Yep, and social change will dictate legislation going forward in our country or the next three to six. And I say three to six because we have to get past whatever happens after the next president's term. And I don't know what is, what the aftermath is going to be of Trump Republicans. And I'm not going to call them Republicans. I'm going to call them Trumpists. 
I don't know what that's going to look like, but I would say the next three to six election cycles, we're going to see like a different level of social engagement driving legislation in this country. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Um, the the whole Trump party, um, you know, like potential going forward. I mean, I, I agree is very real. Uh, I'm I'll be curious to see. I mean, like, is it going to be a Don Jr. and Eric? run together like a trump trump 2024 ticket is that what that party is going to put forth it's going to be ivanka and whichever uh so i think don jr or eric i don't remember which the funny looking one but that's both of them they're both a don jr i think is the has been the one that's more he's the one that was on coke when he was on uh yeah yeah yeah. so eric wanted to run for mayor of new york city yeah that's funny and his pops was like, he's not ready. I'm like, well, that's what your old man says about you. You're you're a douchebag. No, but he's ready to be the CEO of the company. Well, his company is a shell game. Oh, like, I, I mean, I know, but that's, you know, <laughs> like you, you can be the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, but you can't run, you can't be mayor of the city of New York. New, right. I'm and I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to it. down, but I'm, okay. All right, New all right. York City has got more people than the state of North Carolina. They've got a budget that's almost the same as like most of the Southeast combined. But go ahead. No, I, I was done. <laughs> I made my point. I'm just going to edit that little bit out. Video wise, I'll just be like, yeah, oh. you know. <laughs> I'll throw in some little like snow fuzz, you know, like the, <laughs> the millennials will have no idea what that is. But I, I'm just saying, when you think about that, it's like a, it's a tall order. Right? No, I mean, you're you're not you're right. Like being the mayor of New York is is a is a big deal. I'm I just. I guess I you, you would hope that if you're going to put somebody in charge of your company to run it, that you would feel I don't know, confident in their ability to, to, but I, I, you're right. Like they're not, it's apples to oranges or uh, the it's big probably, apple to yeah. the small oranges. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm I totally like went the bat for New York. I was like, I'm not even having that. Yo. Do you understand? No, I, you didn't, you didn't even let me like get through what I was, my point, which was fine because you're right. Like I, I was, I was in the process of being like, you know who fucking sucks? New York. They ain't shit. They got no people. It'll be like Donald Trump. Be like, New York is dead. It's dead. Do you know why? Because I don't live there anymore. Because I moved to Florida. You know what's on? But what's what's going up? Florida. Florida's huge right now. You know why? Because everybody's getting ready to buy a boat. They're out of here. Yeah, he's a he, he's a clown. I I don't know. I think uh, he's definitely trying to edge this whole Ivanka thing because I think the country's ready for like a a, a woman president. I so really then do. it'll be basically Ivanka versus Kamala. Kamala. Damn it. Don't make me correct you in public. Well, I, you didn't have to. I corrected myself. All right. Because I, I literally listened to Trump do that like four times today. Yeah. It like, was... And it's really starting to piss me off. I'm like, dude, my di- not you, but the ignorance of this guy the arrogance of this guy it's 
it's just it blows my mind how is he the president of these united states i don't i i'm with you in that i do not understand no but that's that's not true i do understand how we got here you know? I, yeah me like, too i mean that's that's the sad part of it right is there's like i can commercial there's a great commercial that's the lady starts off with i can't go through another four years of this that's the start of the commercial yeah. and it hooked me right there where people literally are saying, well, we thought he was a great businessman. Not true. We thought that he would run his, this country like the, his businesses. He did. And that sucked. I mean, there's a lot of things where it's like, yo, do your research. Don't get hooked in on the freaking, uh, you know, who is this guy? This, who, this guy is going to be in charge of the greatest, most wealthiest country on the planet with the most aggressive and powerful military on the planet with the heart and soul of this country that when things hit the fan, the United States will do some damage, seriously, whether it be like for good or bad. And that's just the, 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 in the DNA of this country. Yeah. And that's the guy we have. I mean, (laughs) there's the SNL skit four years ago where it was Kate McKinnon uh, playing Hillary and she's doing the love actually standing outside the front door with the cue cards, like the big poster <laughs> cards. And it says, if Trump wins uh, or or if I'm not elected, Trump will kill us all is what's on the next. And it's like, I mean, shit. Like, I mean, for 220,000 plus people, that was true. Like, and I know that's not all of us, obviously, but that, you know, what one is too many. One life is too many. However, it's only 220,000. Yeah, and we're not going to control. I, I accept responsibility, but it wasn't my fault. How do you do both? How do you, how do you accept responsibility and at the same time say it wasn't my fault? You know what's interesting? A lot of the pundits with this guy, they're actually giving him good advice. You know, hey, he should be talking about the economy. Although he inherited the economy, I think that's we've we've been saying that for for we've been talking about that for years. Just even yeah. before the podcast, you don't say, create yeah. an economy. Yeah. You don't create an economy. Like you may enact some things that may or may not help. I do think I'm not all on board with the corporate tax rate. I think we need to re- rewrite the tax laws in general, right? Yep. Uh, There's a lot of work 30- to be done. I mean, yeah. The, that's yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, rewrite. You know, change into 28 percent, and that they'll help. But the issue is the tax laws are jacked up, um, and the. On the flip side of that same argument, he lowered the tax rate to 21%. There are no new jobs. Like companies aren't coming back. Yeah. Like I can go to Ireland and put my headquarters there and pay like 14 to, you know, to 18%. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. So, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, both he and Biden, um, I mean, politicians in general, kind of bother me because it's it's this like oh we're gonna bring manufacturing jobs back like that's just not likely i but here's the argument that i don't see how not in i mean like okay yes 30 years down the road when americans have kind of rewritten their thinking to not going and getting the cheapest possible thing 
but actually right. looking at investing in long term. So I know I've talked about him a lot because he's one of my favorite people. But Nick Offerman um, <laughs> had this great part in his book, you know, Gumption, where he's talking about, you know, look, my at his workshop, right? Like we charge fifteen hundred dollars for a dining room table, but that dining room table is something that can be handed down for generations because of the way that it is constructed. You're not going to hand down your Ikea furniture, right. you know, or your Ashley furniture for generations. You know, like, I mean, my dad's got his grandma, great-grandmother's old, or his grandmother's, I can't remember, one of the two, old, like, dining room set. He's got the buffet, the china cabinet, the table and chairs, and it's huge i mean it is like the biggest bulkiest freaking thing it's got all this really cool ornate woodwork i wouldn't know what to do with it <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's it was put together so well that it has withstood all of this abuse and use and you know is able is worth being reassembled and refinished because of the ultimate like the inherent value that's in it and we, I think, in a lot of ways, globally, have fallen away from that, at least on like the you know capitalist side, where it's kind of like, well, what is, what is the thing that I can pay a decent amount of money for, you know, that's going to last me a little bit of time, but that I can get rid of and then replace further down the road. So I'll tell you two points of that, uh, actually three. My mom has got a set like that in her house, and that's like her pride and joy. I'm like, yeah, mom. I'm probably going to sell it because <laughs> so, I have no place to put that. Uh, secondly, uh, craftsmanship in the United States. I, I saw it personally as a carpenter. It's not the same. You know, even when I bought my house, it was kind of like, why are we doing that? You know, you know, I looked through the framing of the house. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And the guy I used to work for eventually had to leave the industry because it was becoming like a, you know, nickel and dime on the bits. So we kill craftsmanship. And thirdly, this is where I'm kind of teetering on the fence on what do I really believe? The Well, I know what I believe with the uh, minimum wage argument. Like there are some strong points of saying, are you going to pay $20 for a gallon of milk or, or whatever, you know, whatever inflation causes a gallon of milk to be. I don't, I think a gallon of milk is uh, what, five bucks now, Yeah, give or take. Uh, I drink almond milk and it's still like two and some change. So I don't really care. Um, but when you think about that, how do, how do companies adjust to that? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but I would, here's what I, I, I still deeply believe. Do the right thing for your employees and for your citizens, like period. I don't need the federal government to get involved. But I bet you money, if I if my starting rate was seventeen bucks an hour, guess what people would do? They would want to come work for me. Right. And guess what? I I would guarantee what I have the best, most capable employees, and I wouldn't even blink because they're not worried about their freaking money. They're just like, yo, things are good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy working at Powell Enterprises. It's awesome. I don't need the state to tell me to do the right thing. I also don't need the federal government to tell me to do the right thing. But I can also look and figure out what efficiencies do I need to do for production to meet the customer demands? And I still don't have the answer. I, st I still think it's the 
it's first and foremost the responsibility of the companies that, hi- that hire employees. And I don't want to pick on McDonald's because they're the biggest guy. They're one of the biggest targets in Walmart. Two Top two targets for uh, minimum wage arguments. Yeah. I can tell you that McDonald's was never designed to be a full-time job. It just kind of morphed into that. Um, I can tell you Walmart, probably the same thing. But I don't have an answer to that. What are your thoughts on it? Um. I mean, it's I, I, I'm with you in that. I think ultimately, you, we talked about it. I think on the last episode, like states can't sit around, or two episodes ago, you can't sit around and wait for the federal government to solve all your problems. You know, like if if you at the state level are concerned that companies are essentially taking advantage of the employees within your area and not providing a wage that allows them to earn a living, right? To support themselves at the very least. Um, Then, yeah, I mean, I think you got to figure out how you get stuff done. I think ultimately, you know, like Trump was asked in the last debate about, you know, a federal minimum wage of $15 and his response was, well, I think you got to let the States do it, but I'd support, you know, $15. That's great. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But you got to let the States do it. Um, Okay, great. So why aren't you working with those states to help determine, yeah, like what, if it's not $15, okay, maybe it's, I mean, but 725, right? Like it it still seems like the bar is kind of low. Maybe it's not 15, maybe it's moving it to 10, right? Like, I mean, and that's where I say that I don't think it's an immediate solve. I think this is something that takes time, right? Because it's not, you can't flip that switch and ask people to pay to go to the store one day and pay $5 for a gallon of milk and show up the next day and pay 20. That's not going to happen. People are going to lose their shit. But if over the course of time, you're able to, you know, I mean, it's just like inflation, right? That same gallon of milk didn't used to cost five dollars. It used to cost two two dollars and change. You know, it was yeah. it was a dollar. And I mean, I I remember when I moved to North Carolina, gas was less than a dollar a gallon. You know, back in two thousand. <laughs> so let me let me do fact checking on myself. Uh, mental side note: I've been listening to other episodes and and checking my uh, verbal typos, mm. and that's become my own pet peeve. Um, but I just delete like, the verbal typos that I have. I leave yours <laughs> in for good measure. At at Walmart, great value, two percent reduced milk is two thirty five. Uh, vanilla almond milk, a half a gallon is a buck eighty two. So let's say, let's just say, organic milk. What would I drink if I drank milk? I'd probably drink organic. So that's five sixty eight. I want that but, fair life stuff. I want that cow to be happy when they when they're milking it. <laughs> <laughs> so at some level, I mean, I doubt we're going to see, we're going to see like a 120% increase on, on retail. Yeah. Like I, I doubt, I strongly doubt that with volume, right. right? So you can drive those costs down. And I don't, again, I don't have a solve here, but I'm just thinking, you know, thinking out loud of like, there's gotta be an easier solution. Um, but see, I, I think that's part of it is that it's not, I don't think that it's an easy solution. I think well, we, I, it's I like, the, I, I argue, here's why I argue with that because I, I think it's, I don't know if you watch a lot of local TV, right? I don't watch or any if, TV. Okay. So one of the commercials I've been seeing, <laughs> which is a barometer, right? Always remember marketing will give you the barometer oh, yeah. of what companies are dealing with. Walmart sure, sure as hell pushing 
their, um, their opportunities for employees. They're really touting this whole, like, you know, they'll pay for your tuition, blah, 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 blah. And they show all these people that started from entry-level jobs and have worked their way up the, up the ladder. Probably for a couple of reasons, because they know they're going to be a target of minimum wage. They know they're going to be a target for, uh, you know, fair, you know, they don't have unions and they're going to be a target for that. And they want to try to tout those benefits. I'll tell you what, though, with some very inside information, those commercials are all BS. Because if you have, I don't, I would say the average Walmart has it easy 100 employees. And not all of them are managers. And that means, let's say, less than a percent of the company in that, in that store are, are managers. Well, or let's say less than 10%. Well, probably half of that 10% will get promoted. Probably half of that half will actually go into mid-management. So they can easily tell 75% of our employees in our, our corporate offices came from the stores. Sure. Yeah, well, you're talking less than a percent of your company right. <laughs> like, like you're yeah that looks great but the reality is there's not upward mobility for the other you know 95 percent of the company yeah so so those are just like it tells me that these companies are getting ready for the upcoming storm they're going to have and i think that storm's going to come probably once covid like there's a vaccine and what have you and things go back to the new normal yeah and that's what i think i mean a lot of companies are hoping for that but i think on some level like that's actually going to end up hurting some other companies You're exactly right you know like um i don't know it's a, you were talking about marketing you watch marketing and i don't watch a lot of live television because i cut the cable and i, I have my antenna but it's really only like for sundays when i'm watching football you um, put the antenna up no, not that one. Uh, the indoor one that works just fine <laughs> for what I need. Um, but <laughs> I was watching something on my phone. I think it was like a YouTube, you know, because I see YouTube commercials and stuff like that all the time. And I recorded it the other day because I meant to send it to you because I was thinking when I was watching, I was like, what a weird commercial. So it's a Tide commercial, Right for some new, you know, family ultra super duper brand Tide, um, and what it is is it's an older couple, right? Uh, probably in their late fifties, early sixties, who are right. talking about the fact that their daughter had to move back in with them recently, and now they have all these rugrats that are running around with them, and I'm sitting there going, "Isn't that interesting?" The economy is so great. Everything is going great. And yet you still have all of these adults who are being forced to move back in. And that's not like a COVID thing. Right. I mean, that's been happening for years now. And I mean, that's that's where I think you can't look at the stock market. You can't look at unemployment. You can't you can't take these individual pieces and say that's how we're measuring success. Right. Like it's all of these things that like the housing market, where inflation is, what affordability ultimately, because that's the whole thing. Like it's not about in my mind, like, does everybody have a job? Yeah, sure. Great. OK. Can anybody afford to buy a house and actually pay their mortgage? No. Or at least pay their rent. Or at least pay their rent. Yeah, exactly. Like to not have to. And it, I go back and forth. 
because at the same time, I think there was a there was a benefit to that larger kind of nuclear family all living, maybe not in the same house, but very. I mean, you see it in Italy and Spain and all of these other like right. you know older European com- countries where you have these families that live all within the same apartment building, right. you know, right. like our neighborhood and the the help with childcare. All of these things start to offset, you know, like as a as a parent of a seven-year-old like you pay a ridiculous amount of money when you need to find somewhere else for them to be except like you know whether it's you know in this pandemic being a virtual assistance you know a virtual academy assistance program during the day or you know a babysitter or drop-in daycare like whatever it may be those things are ridiculously expensive i i i mean we we have the conversation a lot of people don't get to have, but I think marketing also plays an important role for companies to introduce you to the new normal. It's always a peek into, like I see a lot of interracial couples in, in commercials now. Yeah. Right? See a lot of same sex couples in commercials now. And it's kind of a reflection at that moment in time where we are as a society. And whether it's an internet ad or it's on tele, you know, traditional television or whatever it may be, it's introducing you to, well, those guys have already done the market research. Like marketing firms and companies are very well informed about what's going on, or at least they should be. And that's where you're at. You, you can't run from that. And it's just like, yeah. And you kind of under the radar, get people to accept the kids moving back in with their kids as the new normal and you're right i mean but is it right i don't know like i mean i really don't know yeah for me it's a, i don't even know if it's so much a question of like that specifically if it's right or wrong um like if that's <laughs> you know because i think there's also the element of like land scarcity right and overpopulation where and we're not at that point yet but that becomes more of an issue as we go forward although at the rate that what like the millennials and all of this us are having children like we're gonna starve the earth of its necessary or or not the earth but the governments of their next necessary tax fuel like (laughs) that's what they're really worried about right like ultimately like shit in 50 years we're not gonna have enough people to tax what are we gonna do like that's the real argument against abortion it's like there's no more people seriously these are yeah well and these are potential registered voters right (laughs) i saved your life fucking vote for me (laughs) and we're not taking light of this but it's just it's the reality it's like you're not taking light of it I just think you're, but you're not, you're definitely not wrong. It's like, yeah, the stove's hot. I can't afford kids. I can't afford an apartment. I can't, there's a lot of things where people are just really saying, I can't afford to do this. I graduated from college. I can't afford to live on my own. I can't find a job. There's a lot of, I can't. Yeah. I'm a doctor with over $150,000 in tuition debt, and yet I can't find a job. But we don't have enough doctors and nurses and all of these other people in hospitals right now. But I can't find a job. Like, how – I don't – you know, like, that's the, the – this whole, like, I don't understand how these two things can be true at the same time. It's so frustrating sometimes to understand. I know that it's all of these different elements at work, but, I mean, Have how- you seen the Charlotte, the Charlotte commercial? No. There's a commercial advertising in Charlotte right now, like just for a vacation spot. 
You know what states ought to do in cities and municipalities? They ought to advertise to people to move there. Not just for vacation, but hey, you like great schools? Move to Cary. You like uh, affordable housing? Don't move to Cary. I mean, just like, <laughs> just, just figure out a way to advertise. And, and I'm telling you, it's the, it, it's the right thing to do. Don't, don't depend on tourism. Figure out a way to advertise your city. What? Why would somebody want to move to? Um, I can't think of. I don't go to a lot of small towns on purpose. I don't know anybody there. But if there was a small town that offered affordable housing, great schools. Uh, all the amenities that I, I need in my life, like, you know, Chinese food, pizza, things that are important to me, get a television commercial, find those states that are just sucking, like North Carolina doesn't with education. And I will move there. If I had school, eight, well, my, my daughter's going to graduate, but if I had school age children, I'd move. I'd be like, that's where I need to go. Yeah. They should be advertised. They should like figure out a way to, you know, put their city on the map. I, I mean, I wonder, like, is it that they don't want that? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want change, you know? Like, I feel like a, a lot of small towns is like, oh, we like our small town the way it is, you know? That's, and, it, and that's what you want to be. If that's where you want to be. But, but That's why I but, live in Cary, because I'm just, I'm yeah. all about that small town life, you know? <laughs> like, I just, I like a lot of space between me and my neighbors. I like, you know, having to drive several hours to get to the grocery store. Uh, you know, it's a... Uh, I don't have like a lot of people worried about what I'm doing. It's just, I just feel very yeah. much on my own out here. It's nice, you know. Yeah, all <laughs> lies, all lies. But, but that's, but that's my point. I think there's things that we could do, and there's things that cities could do. If you're, if you're, I know a lot of cities are hurting for tax revenue right now, whether it be sales tax, uh, gasoline tax, uh, what you you pick a tax, they're all hurting for right now. Hat tax. Yeah, advertise your city advertise your city put it out there on the map and say hey if you're tired of x y and z we're the we're the right spot for you um some places have done that i mean like you know i think um especially i feel like you saw it a lot in the amongst like the southeast for a little while there you know where it was kind of like advertising like hey move to north carolina we've got mountains we've got beaches we got everything in between you know like we've got low tax rates decent schools used to in certain areas depending on where you go (laughs) um you know like uh, hidden racism it's not out in the open everything's kind (laughs) of under covers here don't worry about it it's cool like you'll barely even notice the confederate flags like (laughs) Just don't go to the western part of the state or the you know southeastern part of the state. Yeah, two, or the state. just just stay in these like two locales. Just stay in <laughs> these two places and you'll be fine. Everything's good. Just just, just don't go anywhere else. Well, I mean, I I hope that uh, you know again we have seven days to the election. I feel comfortable in believing that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to win. Um, again, it's just going to be the aftermath. You know, um, we'll see. I don't know about the Supreme Court thing, and I know Biden said he was going to, you know, potentially put together a commission. Yeah, but we'll see. I, I'm I with you. I mean, ultimately, it, it whoever, you know, if Biden and Harris get elected, then they're gonna. I mean, I I guarantee it. It's gonna happen. The yeah. and I mean, especially if it's if the Democrats retain the house and gain the Senate. If it's a clean sweep that they've got all three, you will see at least two justices added. 
Um, there's gotta be, yeah, there's, there's no reason not to, not at this point. I mean, I'm, you know, like I know we, we went up and then came back down at one point. Um, but I think, I think two things, one, I'd love to see them just go, boom, we're going to expand it to, you know, 11 or like 13, whatever it may be. And then I'd love to see the Democrats in the Senate and in the house say, okay, and now we're putting all of these, you know, protective measures back in place that used to exist because obviously we can't be trusted not to have these things (laughs) right like and it's not just the supreme court it's also the uh the the appellate courts, the lower courts yeah and i know like that was something that the democrats pulled out in you know during in like 2013 during obama's administration because they couldn't get past the republicans who wouldn't approve anybody And so they were like, all right, look, but they left that in place for the Supreme Court, right? Like understanding to some degree, okay, yeah, like that's a pretty important one. We probably don't want to mess with that. But then, you know, McConnell comes along and he's like, well, I don't fucking care what anybody says. I'm a turtle. That's a good McConnell. That is real. That's like, I pulled that out of my ass. I haven't been practicing (laughs) that, but I freaking can't stand that guy. Like, I mean, if he loses, he won't lose Kentucky. I don't think. I don't There's think a he will of- either. But, but he's going to be hanging on by a thread. I mean, he's going to be the minority leader. Are they going to keep him as the leader at that point? No. How could you? Ted, right. Ted Cruz is even flipping on him. Yeah. Like if you think, I actually heard part of an interview that he did on Access. I don't. And he's like a little little snake too. Yeah. But, Two reasons. My, the only, the main reason is because Trump bashed his wife, yo. There's no way on God's green earth if you said something dirty about my wife, I would ever rock with you. Like there's no way. And if it were me, I would have caught a charge for beating the shit out of the president. Like I'm sorry. (laughs) You got me while I had beer. I'm serious, yo. Like I would have caught a if he would say, man, I wish he would. I'm sorry for putting pepper on it, but I'm not sorry. Please, if you said some shit about my wife, man. Now I gotta edit that out. I know. I'm just saying, okay. like, I'm keeping it hundred right here. I'm just saying, like, yo, please don't say anything about my wife and think you're gonna walk away with it. But this guy is like all buddied up with him. I'm like, I'm not having it. So anyway, yeah. So uh your boy was like he's not your boy, but your boy was like basically saying Trump should stick to the economy, going after everybody. Wait, who's like, my boy? He's not Cruz, he's not your boy. But oh, I just, okay, yeah, Jesus. So, dudes, all like, yeah, he shouldn't. That's not helping him. It's not helping anybody down ballot. These guys know they're on borrowed time. Yes, they, and they aren't even going out with a fight. They're just going out. Like, it's, I mean, it's he already funny. he waved the white flag on the coronavirus. Like, I mean, Pence's team is riddled with it now. And I mean, if the if the guy who's in charge of the pandemic can't protect five people that are around him all the time, how is he supposed to protect anybody else? It's incompetency. It's it's just like, it's the silly show going right going on right now in uh, in Washington. But, it is. I mean, it, it you know like I think the people that'll be walking around next this weekend in Halloween masks would be better politicians than what we've got. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. Happy Halloween. I don't. I, are you doing Halloween? So. We were kind of back in, I mean, I'll be honest, like I was very, 
set on trying to figure out some way to do. That's trick- like your national holiday right there, isn't it? Uh, it's up there. I think like Halloween and Christmas are very neck and neck. I kind of I, I love them both because outdoor lighting is just like that's my that's, real, <laughs> that's your jam. It's my passion. <laughs> um, decorations and stuff like that. I put up some more today. Like it's been piecemeal, you know. Like I did. We always do this big spider web in the front off of one of the trees, and it looks pretty cool. We found this really big like spider at Big Lots that we put up there. Um, what else? We found these cool little like goblin ghoul things that we could hang in the trees, and then I put some more cobwebs up. I found some cool stuff on uh, clearance over at Lowe's today. Um, could not find green spotlights to save my life. Uh, everywhere is out of like the cheap, you know, stake it in the ground, screw right. in the giant bulb thing. Um, so I, I'm like walking around, like, where is all this stuff? I can't find it anywhere. I'm like, let me go check the Christmas area. Maybe I'll find it over there. So I didn't find those, but I did find green LEDs. Now they have like a little wreath around them, uh, right. but they're just spotlights. Like I, so I just kind of hid them, you know, amongst the plants and stuff like that when I staked them in the ground. So, um, but yeah, so we were pretty You're all set. In. Yes, pretty, pretty, pretty much all in. But my sister kind of threw a wrench in the works. So they have been waiting to get their visas to go back to Portugal um, where they had spent time last year, earlier this year. And they are going to be down in North Carolina at Carolina beach, November 1st through the 10th. And so we think what we're going to do now is basically go down to the beach and do Halloween down there. I got my timers here, so everything will be fine. And I'm thinking, what I may do is like uh, I, I'm debating putting out candy. Like I, I'm thinking, I may put out some candy so if anybody decides to walk down to the cul-de-sac to see the lights and stuff, that they have something. But I'm sure some punk kids will, or raccoons will walk off with most of it. Um, but yeah, so I think we're gonna go down there and we'll do kind of like a like Easter egg hunt style kind of thing. Okay. Instead of doing trick or treating, uh, I don't have any jokes, but you know I'm not doing any of that, right? Yeah, no, I mean I know, like I, you don't have any kids that are trick or treating age, like. But even when I did, it was like that's nah, not really a thing for me. Like the only like when my daughter was really young, I would go out with her. Like I don't. But no decorations at home. No, I'm not into that. No yet. fake cobwebs. Nah. No scarecrows. Nah. No pumpkins. Nah. Wow. It's just not my thing. I feel sorry for. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll be okay. I'm sure uh, she'll grow up just fine. You know, I did have a thought earlier today, though, as I was putting up more spider webs. Uh, we've talked a lot about gentrification on this show, <laughs> and I don't think enough is done about spider gentrification. You know, like just today, I realized I took a broom and cleared. <laughs> a spider's home to then put up a nicer looking more expensive home that he could only hope to live in you know like there's no chance that guy's coming back um i didn't even check to make sure he was out of the home before i knocked it down which so i but i just i mean what are we going to do about this Uh, can we rehome them can we provide affordable housing for spiders yeah, it's called a garbage can. Wow. <laughs> you are just, oh. I, yeah, I'm not like one to like 
I know. Little, I'm just I, that, that's literally I had that joke while I coming come to my <laughs> head while I was sitting there knocking down the spider web and then putting I was like, Oh, it's like spider gentrification. That's pretty funny. It's I'll make that totally joke on the podcast it. later. <laughs> You're part of the problem, man. I am. I understand oh. that. So not to discount Halloween, but I did watch episode four of Evil. Okay. And I I decided that show is not for me. Right? Like, okay. So spoiler alert for everybody else. Now that I can talk to Andre about it. If you haven't watched the entire episode four of Evil, stop listening now and (laughs) And come back and like two minutes, five minutes. I'll put a thing in the (laughs) podcast notes. Just look for it. Anyways, they freaking killed the kid. What? <laughs> that Yo. was their solution. I mean, I get, I, w- I get the fact that he threw the freaking baby in the pool. Which I'm sorry, but like, if you're gonna kill a baby, why are you throwing it in the pool? Um, yeah, I'm good. And they did it off screen. Yeah, I don't even get to see them bash his head in. I'm just kidding. I don't really want to see that. But, dude, there's, like, blood all over the inside. It's not even like they dragged him out into the woods and, sh- you know, like, old Yeller style. Like, oh, we got to do it. You know. But, Yo. I, wow. Like, that's where I, that's where I was. I was like, uh, holy shit. They just killed that fucking kid. Yeah, that was. Um, I'll tell you this. The show is poorly written. Like, well, the show, yeah. it does not flow very well. As far as like, I know it's, well, it's an hour. They should be able to make the show flow a lot better than what it does. Yes. And it was so choppy. And then I'm like, what are we doing? Why is the baby in the pool? And secondly, the baby doesn't even look real. And if the baby, the baby would have actually been on its stomach. And yeah, there's just so many. There was a lot of things that just kind of aggravated me about that. And then after that, I was like, once that pool scene started, I was like, and I'm done. And then when it got to the part where they kill the kid, I'm like, yeah. and I'm really done. Yeah, exactly. That, that was the whole thing where I was just like, I can't. I don't think I can watch this anymore. I was like, they've already, they crossed that line four episodes into this season, the first season. <laughs> like there are yeah. some, and I, look, I, you know, I, I'm not even like criticizing it to say like nobody should make television like that or programming like that, whatever. But it's certainly not the kind of stuff that I... That's not what I signed up for. Let me be... Yeah, you need to give a warning on some stuff. Right? Man. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, that's like... Uh, that's just one of those things where I'm kind of like, you know, I get it. I get you going for the shock value and all that. Oh, my God. They killed that child because I thought it was evil. But, like, you know, I... You know, and especially because it wasn't... Like, with that kid, there didn't seem to be anything other than he was a fucking loony... And he was bad shit crazy. Like, just hated the fact that his parents had another kid. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, that's how we're going to deal with this? We're going to just fucking kill him. We're just going to kill him. We couldn't figure out what else to do. We thought he was evil. And it's almost like, I mean, I I felt like they were blaming their religion. You know, there'd be a trial. There'd be a trial. Well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be. Like, I bet (laughs) that comes up on the show. We're like, we need to interview for this murder that definitely happened over here because we found the body. Like, I mean, there was blood inside the house. They're like, we don't know how that got there. Like, what? Ah, okay. So, yeah, like that. 
that was I'm just done. yeah that was way too much i couldn't i could not take that uh sorry like, i know i went like way over the top there for a little bit but i i'm with shows like that i'm just you know what you've got i'm like you like not even that you got a good thing going but like you got me kind of intrigued like i'm kind of like oh you got ben from lost and you got this dude from that and this guy from you know luke cage and I don't know if I like the girl, but that's whatever. And then they're like, oh, but all this stuff with like her kids and like the yeah. one daughter. And I'm just like, all right, you guys are just way too into the like, we're going to bring kids into this. And I'm like, okay, I don't think there's there's way too many threads in that show. Do you know, where... like, and that's the whole thing. I don't understand how the people who are going to connect with the lead female are people with kids. Four kids. Right? Four kids with a husband that's like, climbing the himalayas yeah because that happens a lot oh yeah all the time he just goes off she was the climber but now he gets to go do it you know yeah i there was too much in that show that ultimately lost me you know there were several things where i was kind of like okay i'm trying to ignore this but you keep bringing it up which is kind of frustrating like if you just let it go i'd forget that she even had a husband yeah you know like loss is creepy like there is no reason for him to be alive at all. He, his his character is just so empty. Who? It's just like a, the guy, the guy, the creepy dude with the glasses. Oh, Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what his real name is, but no, I, know I don't ben either. But I call him Gosh. Ben because that was his name on Lost, and that's the only thing I've ever really seen him in other than this. Yeah, it's an empty character. So that that's uh, that show is like six thumbs down. Um, you know what I did start watching is Man with a Plan. Yeah, you like it you gotta let it sit with you i'm telling you uh, it's been sitting um i i'm still on the fence honestly I've, I've watched several episodes there are parts that i really really like and there are parts that make me groan like out loud it's a cbs show it that's, is that, i mean and it's, and it's a get. and it's a laugh track show which also yeah. drives me i in this day and age, there's no, nobody believes that you're actually recording that in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> nobody, okay? Especially in the pandemic. But, like, honestly, I think what ultimately saves it are Kevin Nealon and, yes. and Matt LeBlanc. Like, those yep. are the only two pa- people. Oh, no, no, no. And the guy that plays Lowell. Yes. Lowell, Lowell might actually be my favorite character in that entire show. Like, I want to see the Lowell show. That that seems way more interesting to me than what I've been watching. The lead, the mom, I can't stand her. I'm telling you, it's like, uh, and I don't drink a lot of wine because it gets me drunk when I have a steak. Because I drink it so fast. You got to let that show sit with you. Because I started off the same way. And I was like, huh, I want to see where this, where this goes. I watched and the Christmas episode. episode. Oh, the first episode, dude! I came into that show late. No, I'm saying like, uh, but like the Christmas. Uh, do you see the Christmas one where they're yeah. supposed to go to Virginia? <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> it was stupid. It was. It, it made no sense. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. But I did gain a new appreciation for appreciation for Matt LeBlanc. I never really watched Friends, and I probably never really will. Yeah, but I knew that's, that's the guy some white people shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you know, like he had the Joey, and then episodes. Like he's done some other stuff. I never watched either of those, um, but that's that's again, like I like him, but there's just 
it is uh, ultimately what I think it is is the writing. Like the writing mm. is so cliche at times. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like she's the woman. She is like you literally cast a woman. Like you found the d- CBS definition of woman, and you were like, <laughs> well, that, that's all you got to do. Just be like literally every other woman that's ever existed. I want to go back to work, but you have to take care of the kids. It's great, but it's not great. Aren't you just a no? Telling you, you got to keep going, man. It's worth it. It's worth the ride. I'm not. It's- I'm not done with it, but. It hasn't sold me yet. Let me put it that way. Uh, when you get to the babysitter episode, that's when it kind of picks up a little bit. How more. long does it take to get into a show, though? So here's my thing. I didn't watch every episode straight through because my wife would watch it at work on break, whatever. And I would just like watch it at night with her. And I was like, huh, that's pretty funny. You know, there's. See, I but I to- feel like you're just like, oh, I get to come in and be like, Oh, this seems funny. I'm going to sit down and watch this episode. Or no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to pass. <laughs> like I, I'm yeah. I'm sitting here like trying to invest and like sit, figure out. And I guess like that's maybe that's just more my style of pop culture consumption. Is the like the I, I'm not I I have a hard time doing like the drop in like a, a cer- certain shows. Supernatural was one of those shows where I could drop in with that and kind of like. Because it's so dark sometimes that like I tried watching it all the way through and I'm like, all right, you literally can't stomach this. I got three seasons in and I just stopped. Like <laughs> I stopped a couple of seasons ago. I'm like, how many times are you guys gonna fight God? Like <laughs> that can't be a thing. And then it was like, I think I literally stopped about two or three seasons ago. I used to love that show. And what did help was uh Jensen uh Ackles, my wife crushed on him. It just kind of ruined the show for me. I'm like I'm already insecure. You're just making it worse. Thanks. Thanks, babe. Um, <laughs> screw that shit. So, uh, so, anyway. Cooking. I, uh, I didn't put my recipe up for my seitan yet. No, don't uh, worry. I didn't notice. I wasn't refreshing the blog repeatedly multiple times a day. Did you notice Dude, I, I did notice that you're doing stuff to the website. Oh, yeah. I, I noticed that. Uh, but I will do that this week. I've been really, this is not a sidebar, but I've been really like in my code zone. That's that's probably the happiest I am working is when I'm writing code. I know that sounds pretty lame to a lot of people, but for me, it's like, now nah, I could do that all day. I've seen I, it. Yeah, I know. I've yeah. seen you dancing at your desk while you're writing code. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally not just like figuratively like i'm literally dancing writing code but and i get so sucked into it like I, everything else has to pause so i have to like rework my schedule to do other things um well i mean again. i understand you know like uh i spent plenty of time being the slacker in the group and now it's your turn so <laughs> you know I'll, I'll i'll put the team on my back that's that is still one of my fun, my favorite YouTube videos. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I have been like beasting on hash browns right now. Yeah, I'm at the, low key, I might have to like stop buying potatoes, man, because you have to stop buying potatoes. Oh, because you've just been eating so many hash browns. It's oh getting God. out of control. I'm making hash browns in so many different ways. It's like it's just sad. You know? it's You're like, gonna open up your own vegan waffle house? I might. You know, that might be a. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, you know, we've done some some good stuff around the house lately. Uh, we ordered food this weekend from there's a new poke place. I don't know if you do pokeballs or any pokeballs. Sorry. Pokeballs, not balls. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I'm not talking about Pokemon. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so what? Give me like the uh, skinny on on poke. So, so with the poke bowls, you can basically like pick which ingredients you want. You pick a base, so it's either like rice or um, greens, like lettuce, uh, and then you get like a protein. So I usually do tofu. Uh, and then you pick a bunch of veggies and then you can, you know, add whatever else you want in and then a dressing. Um, and then you just kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of like a salad. Uh, but yeah, so we ordered from Poke Republic, which was a new place. Um, and by far my favorite Pokeball, Pokeball, geez, I'm really gonna have to edit this one out. Um, no, more verbal typos. It's dope. Yeah, I know. So that's my favorite by far my favorite place that we've ordered from so far uh because like sushi nine does uh poke bowls they always put the freaking seaweed nori whatever uh nigiri crap on top and that stuff makes me like gag like just the smell of it alone um and then where's the other place Oh, so like diced, we used to love dice. They do like salads and they would also do kind of like a rice bowl sort of thing. So you could basically build your own, but the number of times that we ordered there and I would get like half of the items that I had ordered. Right. And then no dressing or the wrong (laughs) dressing or the wrong items. Like they, I think they gave me a $25 gift card at one point because I complained to corporate after enough experiences but i haven't used it yet because i'm just like well fuck you guys i don't really really want like, you're just gonna ruin another deer dinner and i'm gonna have to make <laughs> yeah, something free. else like, it'll be free. it'll yeah. be a free mess up you yeah. get to ruin my dinner for free i don't think so i've been like really craving like caesar salads lately um that's like my new um lunch go-to uh i'm pretty confident the dressing's not vegan but i it's really not. don't care it's not uh <laughs> it's definitely not I mean, you can find vegan Caesar dressing for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's got some sort of cream, some sort yeah. of dairy or cheese. I know for but sure. But it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a big Caesar salad fan um, back in the day for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like I had a vegan Caesar at some point that was really good, but I can't remember where it was. Uh, I made my quinoa salad today uh for lunch and it was one of those things where like i had some appointments this morning so i was running around doing that stuff and then i was like okay i gotta go out and run these other errands and it was right like 11 30 11 45 and i was like all right. right well i'll just eat when i get back and i went well wait why don't i make it now and let it sit in the fridge while i'm gone that way all the flavors yeah so it was really good but i mean it'll be even better in two or three days when it's really had time to yeah i'm gonna have to definitely do that because those wraps you sent me look really good i can totally get down with those yeah and that's the thing like you make it once i made the quinoa last night and then it's just chopping up the veggies and making the dressing which is basically it's a it's a half cup of vegetable oil third cup of lemon juice or lime juice um and then what is it um two tablespoons of vinegar. I use red wine vinegar, um, a tablespoon of sugar, one and a half teaspoons of chili powder, 
one teaspoon of garlic powder, half a teaspoon of onion powder, and half a teaspoon of salt. I throw it all in a mason jar and just shake it up. Um, and then I use like two thirds cup on what I made today. And I left a little extra because what right. I'll do in a couple of days is make my chickpea rotini pasta and then mix whatever's left with that and throw a little bit of extra dressing on that. And then I've got like a nice pasta salad to go with it. So, yeah, I mean like that stuff's so versatile like it has a, a basic flavor, but then you can I can do it just as a salad like I did today. I can do it in a wrap. I can do it with pasta, like kind of change it up a little bit every time, which is nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to get my wrap game up. I've been really, um, I don't know. The food thing's been good for me lately. It's just I kind of wish there were some more like vegan options as far as restaurants because I love to go out and eat. Yeah, um, I don't know. I've been in the opposite. Like we have our one night that we order out every week um and like this week last week we did mellow mushroom um this week we're gonna do blaze pizza because the mellow experience was less than thrill why does that surprise you well i don't know it shouldn't so i the one of the i mean i know like if you went in you would know the waitress that i'm talking about the the blonde um who was always working uh so she was back like i you know i went in to pick it up and i'm standing at the takeout thing the the phone starts to ring nobody is paying attention to me right (laughs) the phone starts to ring she walks up looks me right in the eye and then picks up the phone without (laughs) saying anything and goes thank you for calling mellow mushroom and then looks at me and goes one moment and i was just like oh okay and so then it was the normal interaction of, you know, uh, you know, you online or phone. I was like, online. What's the name? Chris Smith. Okay. Would it be under another name? Yeah. I randomly picked a different name <laughs> to order my pizza. And it's actually under uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Like, I, <laughs> I thought that would be a funny joke to play. Um, yeah. I just, I, and then, the, oh, oh, it's over here. Somebody put it in the wrong place. Shocking. Yeah, I really don't care. I just want my order. Like those are things that piss me off about restaurants. Yeah. Like, I really don't care. All right. like, and and so then she sets it on the thing and opens it up, right, to look at it and make sure that it's right. Not that she has any idea because she didn't bother looking <laughs> at the receipt to see what the order is supposed to be. It goes, Oh, that smells really good. I'm like, can I just have my freaking pizza? <laughs> like, I have paid for this. I just need to go. That's all I'm waiting for now. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like, it was it was quarter-assed at best. You know, right. like, I, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Their, their dough is delicious. I really like their dough. And they're one of the only places that offers the good vegan cheese. Right. But we are, I'm pretty much done. Like I think I am just done with a mellow mushroom at this point because it's, well, they've let the me down. The good thing is, Carrie's got more options in Apex, and that's okay. Um, but eh, even our date, we go out for a date night like twice a month, which is kind of cool. But um, I just wish there were more options in you know locally for us. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel like driving. There's, um, yeah, you know, I was surprised. There's a lot of places down towards the beach, like in Wilmington and even oh, really? in, in Carolina Beach proper. Um, there's a number of places. You know whether they're vegans, like Sea Level Diner is a vegan only place in Wilmington, right off 17th Street. Fantastic. I have yet okay. like their queso. Oh my god, 
just yeah. killer. Um, their BLT was really good. I, I the first time I went there, I got something that just blew me away, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of good places that we've tried down there. Um, and you know, or like there's Nikki's Gourmet Sushi, which does you know, like Japanese and other Asian fare and stuff like that. Um, but they have really good tofu and other stuff. So it's um, yeah, I I, I like. I'm with you in that I wish more places had more options, but I I am glad that there are a growing number of places that I can right. either know that I'm going in going to have something or feel pretty confident that I'll be able to figure out how to eat a, a vegan meal. And I know for you it's less you know plant-based first. Yeah. Right? Let me let me go plant-based first cuz yeah. you know, like I said I had a Caesar salad. I didn't even blink, bro. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, like, I understand. That was- Oh. <laughs> uh so christy made this really good we were sitting here the other night i think friday or saturday and whatever we had on our menu we didn't have the things to make it was like tex-mex egg rolls you know so or it was something like really complicated and we we're like i don't want to freaking do that i was like what are we gonna do and she was like well i could do like just some some pasta like spaghetti with some olive oil and onions and garlic and then we could use like some fresh tomatoes and you know a little bit of like pesto on it and i was like yeah that sounds good so delicious like oh my god shit was freaking amazing (laughs) i bet it was see the problem in my house is like i'm the only one that really likes red sauce Uh, or any it's i'm always screwed and i don't really like alfredo like i can't get behind alfredo do you ever do just like like an olive oil base have you ever tried that i I do but i gotta be on the same page as everybody else in my house no i mean i i hear you that's i mean that's um, two different sauces yeah like because helena will do she likes red sauce you know she's even gotten to the point um because she used to love my meat spaghetti sauce but she's now it's funny we have been very clear, like, you can eat what you want to eat. We encourage you to try some of the stuff, right, that we're eating just to see if you like it. But we're not forcing you to be vegan just because we have made the choice to be vegan. Like, you can make that choice when you get it. Even now, like, <laughs> you can make that <laughs> choice. Um, but lately, she has been inquiring about almost everything that she eats like is this vegan is this vegan and when i'm like no that's not vegan it's got blah 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 and she'd be like oh i'm like okay but you asked for that like (laughs) and then she'll go back where it's like she liked the the annie's mac and cheese you know vegan mac and cheese for a little while and then she's like can i have non-vegan mac and cheese and i'm like yeah that's fine it's like we have it you know i'll order it the next time we do our groceries like it's not a big deal you can eat whatever you want um she eats a lot of yogurt like regular you know yogurt that's one of her favorite things i'm like i'm not gonna you know argue with a seven-year-old and be like no but you always want to call people seven-year-olds yes i mean, I, I, well yeah i mean and trust me i argue with my seven-year-old plenty <laughs> <laughs> i know oh. um you'll really appreciate this But my, I, I think I mentioned that I have a vegan Instagram profile. 
Yeah. Uh, where I post pictures of all of my vegan food. And I kind of figured out, apparently, like, if you want to get good interactions on Instagram, you have to save up a month's worth of posts and then blast them out all in, like, a week. Okay. So I'm basically ready to get be done with social media. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I was looking at my insights on Instagram for my that profile, and it was like... You know, uh, post interactions up one thousand nine hundred and twenty-two percent week over week, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm, that's, and I I posted a re- a fairly regular amount on there, and it was one of those where first I would get a good amount of engagement, a good amount of impressions, and then Instagram changed their whole you know, algorithm thing. And so then it became more difficult to get reach. <laughs> and I, I mean, I get it. The, ultimately what they want is they want you to pay for shit. You know, right. they don't want you to have a free profile and be able to reach 500 accounts. They want you to have a free profile and be able to reach 25% of your actual followers. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I think we talked about it before. We didn't end up talking about it last week, but it just makes me want to get away from this stuff. You know, like I want to, I want to figure out how we grow our audience enough that we have a con- a consistent base, right. That are, are visiting our platform, which is Chris and Andre show.com. Visit Chris and Andre show.com for all your Chris and Andre show needs. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta plug it in the middle of the show. What can that I was say? funny. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I want to get people to our platform, bookmarking it, visiting it on a regular basis, so that we're not relying on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all of these other places and their crazy algorithms to even Google, right? I mean, like, I think Google gets left out of this a lot, but in a lot of ways, Google is like the largest social network that we have out there because of the search engine and the way that it kind of interprets and, and narrows search results. In a lot of ways, trying to help you find what it is that you're looking for, but in a lot of other ways, potentially preventing you from seeing information that might otherwise that that might influence your decision right yeah and i i think about this a lot i don't um i mean i've been very clear i don't really like social media um i don't remember that coming up yeah i i I think that for us and i i would say for any if you're trying to build your own platform, the one thing that's always going to separate you from everybody else is content, right? Content's always going to be key. No, and uh, content is king. Yeah, content is king. Yes, it it trumps all algorithms, Don't right? Say Trump. So if you think back to the early days of the internet, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to ignore that, but I like know, you sorry. suck me. Now I just have to get mad. Um, um, think back to the early days of the internet. Before Early Chris internet, you. you could stuff the header of a HTML page with keywords and you'd get found in the internet. And if you fast forward 15 years later, the metadata on a website doesn't carry as much weight, but the only thing that's remained constant is you have to have a lot of content. And I don't, I don't ding or think Google is a bad actor when it comes to getting traffic to a website. I think social media is the shortcut to providing good content that people know to expect from said source. Um, the, the issue is when said source starts to 
let's say, lower their standards with regards to the the quality of content that they right. are producing and in order to, I mean, I'll even call out like Buzzfeed, right? In a lot of ways, Buzzfeed kind of dumbed down social media marketing because it was so effective. Right. You know, take this stupid quiz and share a ridiculous amount of personal information with us, AKA your Facebook profile, you know, so that you can figure out which Disney character we you know you are based on a completely stupid quiz that has absolutely nothing to do with this right <laughs> like you know 10 top 10 you know whatever i mean there's stupid the whole listicle thing like buzzfeed i don't they i know they weren't the first but they were the ones who just like cram that shit down our throat via social media and and in that way like i look at the stuff that they did on throttling back your access on instagram and i understand it you know, that, yeah, if you're a multi-million dollar corporation, you should be having to pay to gain any sort of access to this user base. But at the same time, I mean, if I'm Joe Schmo who's trying to start a podcast, like, I'm not, you know, like, trying to, I'm going to steal your information. You know, like, I'm trying to freaking gain, like, get an audience. I mean, using the hashtags. I'm trying to figure out, tell me how to use your system. That's what I really want. That's the thing that gets me about Google sometimes with their black box algorithm. And again, I get it. You can't reveal everything. But tell companies what it is they need to do. They do. So here's my here's the best analogy I have. So my dad, um, like he can get to most places in the East Coast by taking state roads. This, this guy is Mr. Backroads. I personally feel more comfortable driving from, let's say, for example, Virginia, where he lives. I feel more comfortable getting a 95. My dad, he'll take back roads whole way in and probably save 20, 30 minutes. But that's his thing, yo. I want to get on the highway and get there in the most comfortable, most convenient way for whatever reason. And I look at that analogy as saying there is traditional SEO and practices it to to gain traffic on the internet state roads and then there's the 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 interstates of convenience social media i don't i don't think either one's bad but you just have to be willing to accept what's going to come along with one of the two and we just have to we have to decide how do we want to travel and it's 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 i think it just becomes down to a matter of preference like me i can't get engaged on social media like i just don't I just can't like I can try for like a week or two. And then I'm just like burn out of it. Um, so that's not the, the way I want to travel. And I think that, you know, if we build the right platform, if we have the content, if we ask the people, you know, people intentionally send us an email and say, Hey, Chris and Andre love to be a guest. Hey, Chris and Andre, what do you guys think about this topic? Those intentional items we just have to wait for those things to happen. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. There's no, there's really no shortcut to success. I just think it's, do you want to take the interstate or do you want to take the state roads or the back roads? And, and we will figure it out one way or the other. We're going to get there. One may be a little bit longer and less convenient. The other one may be more um, maintainable, more long lasting. It could be the evergreen stuff. And, does that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, I I get it. I I guess I I get frustrated because I feel like there's still 
you know, maybe maybe it's not Google's fault, but I just feel like there's still a lot of shitty content out there. You know, like I mean, there I'm is. trying to look for a an open source video editing software platform this weekend and did a Google search best open source video <laughs> editing <laughs> softwares, right? Cuz what else are you going to search? Right. Knowing full well uh, like the first four things were going to be ads, right? Right. Still like looking through them to see, but then getting past that and getting into some stuff. And I found whatever, you know, article that had eight or nine of them listed. And I clicked a link to go download something and it downloaded a different program, a program that required me to buy it. It had a free trial but you couldn't export without a watermark on it. No, thank you. Um, basically, like iMovie is not enough, but I'm not looking to pay for Adobe Premiere. Yeah, you know, like that's not where I'm at either. I need something in between. I need the audacity of video editing. <laughs> you know, like a video editing software. That's what I'm looking for. And I found some other candidates. But it's just frustrating to feel like, I guess, like, oh, I figured out. Yeah, I got to skip these ads, which we now actually have to label as ads. If you're a decent company. <clears throat> so, but I, I don't even think your argument's fair. Like, I think that. You never do. Well, I, that's not true. <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure I agree with you at some point in my life. But I think that here's the the predicament that we find ourselves in with the internet right some people probably i'd say probably 90 percent of all people on the internet are trying to make money off of the internet so they're trying to make it a, a more or less an ad revenue business model you look at most of the um, media websites uh you look at how most websites that you find on the internet there there's some ads Right. And then the direct to consumer model is not even the exception to the rule because they try to hook and bait, you know, bait and switch you with a, with a trial. So I, I think people are going to find more success on the internet if they treat it more like a brick and mortar, right? A brick and mortar, you're not going to, you're going to advertise locally first. You're going to, you know, get foot traffic. And that's where we are. We're in step one. How do we get foot traffic? Right. Yeah. Then we're gonna, and we're still able to fund our dreams, so we're okay. We're not you know, like trying to say, oh, you know, we need a Patreon site now. Nope, we can still have a lot of control of it. No, but you can visit our OnlyFans site that we're gonna set up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but that's, but I, I think if people change the dynamic of the internet is not a get rich quick scheme. What? Well, so because- I, yeah, I feel like in that in your in the, the scenario that you outlined it's like the equivalent of saying i'm going to go buy a this expensive real estate along the freeway so i can put billboards up, right like i'm not right. going to do anything else with the land where i could make so much more money instead <laughs> my only goal is to sell ad space here and whatever it is i have to do to sell ad space is what i'm going to do and yeah, I'm with you in that like the internet itself setting up shop, having a website in and of itself shouldn't be like generating yeah, I don't know. I I can't really put it to words, but it's like 
this whole idea that that the user is the product, right? I think is, like I want to get so far away from that because that is the wrong thing to do, right? Like it, when a cust a customer is a customer is a customer. If somebody walks into the the doors of your brick and mortar business, they are a potential customer, and if you have the product they want, they're going to buy it. Said in you know it's that's it. Call it a day. But if you don't hopefully you get the opportunity to say, Hey, well, I noticed that you didn't buy anything. Is it, you know, what can we do to earn your business? And a lot of people are too afraid to even say that, yeah. right? Even if somebody's window shopping in your store and you don't, and they choose not to buy something, you haven't even interacted with them. It's no different. Like, Hey, you know, thanks for, at least say, thanks for stopping in. You know, what were you looking for today? Oh, I was looking for a widget size two X. Oh, we don't carry that. It. So get the fuck out. Yeah, that's that's how people are treated on the internet. It's like we don't have that. Go look somewhere else, or find out what what is it about Widget Two X that they need, and you know, is that something you can add to your inventory, or is that something that maybe you know somebody else that has that or something similar to it? But you build that relationship, and maybe later on they have something you have something they want later on. I don't know, but we don't look. People don't typically look at the internet in terms of what would you do in brick and mortar? You you think just because the internet's there and most people can go to www.whatever that they're going to buy something? That's completely a fallacy. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Um, I don't know, but I, I definitely, I don't think social media is, I don't know. It's not, um, it's a marketing tool. That's all it is. It's it's turn it's morphed into a way to sell ad space. That's it. Yeah, I mean it's Whether- just another mall. Like, it, it, like that's what it really boils down to. It's another place for us to hang out with our friends, right? And to be <laughs> sold Cinnabon. stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's good. yeah, or whatever, whatever. Watch it is movies, right? Yeah, go bowling. That's what we used to do at the move at the mall. Run around like the, I remember in California, there was a Sunrise Mall for all you growing up in out around Sacramento, and they as long, you know, long ass freaking straight mall, and they had all of these weird like hexagon or big like octagonal platforms that were like steps up and like all this stuff, and they were designed to be like seating and congregating areas, but kids would just run crazy through the mall. You know, like they were these giant playground platforms, kids including me. And then they also had this really awesome, like, tra- I mean, the, 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 it, was, it had to be like 50 feet by 50 feet, this gigantic uh, model train set up. And it had like you, like, you weren't supposed to throw coins because of the coins would knock the trains off the tracks. But that's what we were always trying to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, I'm sorry. That was just trip down nostalgia lane. That's uh, fair, but. Think about the uh, the evolution of malls, right? So you mean the death about, of malls, yeah, or or the I don't think malls are dying; they're just like evolving, right? Think about uh, Cary Town Center. People stopped going to Cary Town Center; they went to Crossroads. South Hills was like Crossroads on steroids. South Hills or South, South Point? South. What is it? Join in Durham? South, South Point. Point. Yeah, South Point. You were combining North Hills and South Point, but I understand. Yeah, and then North Point pops North up a Hills. few years later. It's like uh, South Point on steroids. In the North. In the North. 
but you, it's not that the mall is dying. It's just that people's needs are, are changing. They no longer want to walk through every store. They want to park in front of the store and go inside that place. But they want all the places to be in the same place. That part hasn't changed. It's just an evolution of the same freaking concept. I guess. But I mean, like, I mean, you go to North Hills. How often do you actually get to park directly in front of the store that you're trying to go to? That place Never. is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> Never. So how is but it any different? Now I just got to walk outside. Now when it's raining, I'm fucking wet. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. But that's what people I mean, but it's the same concept. I just, just I just wonder, is it really what people want or is it what is getting shoved down our throats? And so that's what we end up dealing with. You can put, well, I don't know, because I would say, <laughs> I know I just ask questions like I don't provide answers. I'm just here to ask <laughs> shitty questions that nobody can answer. But it's all the same place, just in different form factors. I mean, you're, really you, you are right. I, I mean, and the Internet is a lot like that, too. Like at the yeah. end of the day, it's all of these places within, you know, reach. And I mean, you look at like Amazon, right? Amazon really is more of the modern day equivalent of a mall in that we have all of these different places and stores online that we can shop in one place. And if you're lucky enough, you got Amazon Prime and it'll show up two days later. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, that's, and that's still too long. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Halloween's coming up, man. I maybe forgot to order some stuff, but no, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where. I feel like in a lot of ways, the internet has become bastardized from what it was originally supposed to be, but that's how everything happened. That's just what's going to happen naturally. So I'm ready for the next evolution where we kind of move past the, like, because we had the digital display advertising, right? Phase. And that stopped working. So then we went to the, we need data. We need everybody's personal information to be able to market to them on social media. Right. And so I'm ready to move past that phase. Into whatever doing, is next. Chris, we're doing it. We're going to be pioneers. Well, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to spearhead that charge, you know. I, th I think this should be like an ongoing segment. How do we chip away at, like, because I, I don't, I'm not a marketer by trade or profession, but I understand the mechanics behind it. And it's like the things I've been coming up with when I look at just stuff on the internet. It's like, yo, know, it's the same crap. It's literally the same thing I did in my in a prior career. These guys are just, they're moving the playground to a different location. That's all they're doing. And I think we can figure this part out. Uh, and I've seen success in prior careers of like, I'm not a professional marketer, but it's all the same. The fundamentals don't change. Yeah. Don't move the, the playground, build a better playset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's I like that was just some. I, was just, I, I don't know. What to say <laughs> but maybe maybe we we make this a segment of like the the journal of how we move away from social media to you know build our own platform. I think that I'm be good fun. with that. I think that would be good. Sports. I think we'll be more successful at that than uh, like that the our Broncos sports team their, sure. their season. The, well, the Broncos. Oh, yeah. I just. Well, I guess ours is yeah. I mean, the Broncos lost. The Seahawks lost. I'm glad Philip Rivers and the Colts didn't have to lose this weekend. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and say it because I don't want you to have the opportunity to throw it in my face unexpectedly. But your University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Tar Heels did defeat my North Carolina State University Wolfpack. Um, so bad, and I'd say this somewhat jokingly. It's not really 
funny. Uh, apparently, our live mascot, Tuffy the Second, passed away today. Um, yeah, I. So thanks, guys. That's your fault. <laughs> I don't even. I feel bad. For I know. I, that's, I, I just wanted you to feel bad for a second. No, it has abso- absolutely nothing to do with it, obviously. But. I was like, yo, yo, they took an L that bad. Come on. I no, mean, but- it was it was pretty bad. Like, I, why Dave Doran ever? I mean, I no, I take it back. I'm not a football coach. I don't play one on TV. I play one on this podcast sometimes, but it's. I don't know. Bailey Hawkman is not a good quarterback. I he he might be a very good person, you know. Like I'm not trying to, but I don't think that he is a power five level starting quarterback. I don't think he's ever shown the ability to be able to do that. And yeah, you've got a what I believe is a true freshman in Ben Finley, Ryan Finley's brother. But ultimately, I mean, it's like kind of with Devin Leary, like you're going to get a lot more. The ceiling is way higher. Right. Right. And the floor is probably not any lower. (laughs) That's where I kind of and again, like I know that the coaches are there and they see this stuff in practice. And I'm sure that a lot of it was Hawkman has shown a better understanding and grasp of the offense overall and what they're trying to do and getting guys lined up and all of that than Finley had. They had made the plan to go with both of them. The picks that Finley threw, I think, weren't really his fault. They had some tip balls and stuff like that. I was didn't really understand why Hawkman came back in towards the end of the game because it seemed like in the second half Finley was clearly of the better quarterback. But I say all of that to say Carolina has a very good team this year. Um, you know, I uh, you know, I know you guys have a long the, time to get there. You're lucky I got there at all. All right. It's it's rivalry week. It's it's post rivalry <laughs> week. Um no, I look, I, you guys are a really good team. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. I am I am jealous of the fact that you guys were able to get rid of Larry Fedora, bring back the Mac attack, and have success so soon. That's something that state fans would love to figure out how we could do, right? Like, is it a matter of just hiring the right guy? Is it everything else that's going on around them behind the scenes, just in terms of the support and the money that's funneling into the football program, which I do think is part of it. Um, but yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating because as a state fan in the two primaries, you know, the two revenue generating sports, men's basketball and football, it always seems like we're so close or like we're on the cusp of get being so close, you know, like with Chuck Amato, right. It was whole crap. We went to the Gator bowl. We got Phillip rivers and then two years of like, what crap? (laughs) Yeah. Oh crap. We got Chuck Amato. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do had Mario Williams. Like he had one of the, he had the number one defense in the country one year with literally the worst offense that I've ever seen put out on a college football field. Um, so I know you're, you're like crying over spilled milk. It's not crying over spilled milk. No, what I'm, I'm laying the foundation for my argument. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, like not all of us are fortunate enough to come into a situation where, you know, we grow up, rooting for the Yankees, right? Not all of us come into a situation where we're lucky enough to 
show up in North Carolina and go, which team do I want to root for? Hmm, the one that wins all the time. That seems like a good one. I mean, <laughs> that's where we're going. No. That's where I'm starting. But that's what I'm just saying. Like, I mean, like my allegiance, like that's where I went to school. I can't just pick some other school, you know? Like, I mean, like that's, I gotta, I, I am literally, I'm ride or die. I, uh, when it comes to college athletics, it's either the Wolfpack or it's nothing. So I'm either going to give up college I've got, athletics. I've got state grads in my house. I've got I know you do. And I, and I'll say this, you're right. I, I am a Yankees fan, but I'm also a Knicks fan, right? Understand this. I'm at the point now where it's like put a pin in the season for everything because I'm not going to let all my hopes right on Carolina's football team. Well, obviously, because you're not a college football fan. Like that's <laughs> yeah. But I, I you want to put a pin in the upcoming basketball season? Uh, actually, uh... I <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me get back to you on that one. Uh, I got like a few <laughs> weeks to decide on that one. Yeah, how good is Duke uh, looking? Uh, they don't have Zion. So like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. We need to play this year. We definitely yeah, there'll be a vaccine by then. No problem. No problem. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're, we're starting in three weeks, right? Right? Isn't that? I think. I mean, freaking no. College basketball would normally start in like three weeks. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> uh, but again, being a Yankees fan, being a Knicks fan, like. I've learned to level my expectations. Okay. I stop. Seriously. Knicks fan. Yeah. I'll give you leveling your expectations. But a Yankees fan. A Yankees fan. Uh, I, okay. That's like saying I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and I level my expectations to Jerry spending the most money in the fucking league every year. (laughs) Okay. I get angry when we don't get to chase a penny. I will. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, Okay, and just because I'm not a huge baseball guy, right, and not everybody follows the Yankees, a pennant in baseball would be the equivalent of the AFC Championship or a division conference. uh, No, division or or conference championship. Conference. Okay. So if I'm not – yeah, I get. So you're not winning the regular season. You're going – you're beating every – you're winning the postseason tournament for right. your conference, got it. Right. I don't necessarily need a World Series to be like, yeah, we we did our best. Right. I don't need first place. I need second or third. That's it. Or fourth. I mean, give me give me one through four because if you're not first or fourth, you're last. <laughs> I but you look at it this way, like you have the Red Sox, right? The Red Sox and the Yankees. How many teams are there in baseball? Like too many. They spend an ungodly amount of money. Don't do this. Don't do this. Like you're gonna, we're gonna start. We're gonna go to a rabbit hole. This doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I can tell you right now that the Red Sox and the Yankees spend the most amount of money in baseball. Sure. Just without even a question. Um. And if they're not chasing a pennant, it's like the season was a wash. Okay, but I, so again, chasing a pennant, meaning that like you're playing playoffs, in the ALCS. Yeah, we're playoffs bound. It's okay. It's, you're playoffs it, bound. You have a shot at going to yeah. play for the championship, but it doesn't because, mean that you necessarily make the championship game. Right. It just means because baseball, there's a lot of there's more variables in baseball. Like seriously, I'm not saying it's a no. Like you can have a a crappy closer, and they have to rotate out like two or three pitchers. Yeah. From inning six through nine, I mean, there's a lot of variables where like 
it's like, huh, if we just get, if we can just chase a pennant, I'm okay. Because there's a lot of odds that are against you. Uh, football. I don't you want to go to the playoffs. I want to go to the playoffs. I'm, like, I'm with you on that. Pro football, right? Like, I mean, if my Seahawks go to the playoffs, if the Chargers figured out how to make the playoffs, I mean, that was freaking, we were playing with, you know, house money at that point. Right. Um, Seahawks, like my expectations have gone up a little bit. You, you need to win probably that first game, even if it's a, you know, you have that buy. But, right. but yeah, I mean, like when they've lost out in the conference, you know, uh, round or whatever it is after the wild card, like, and don't make it to the championship game. I'm like, am I disappointed? Yeah, sure. Cause I want to, you know, maybe I thought they were really good this year. Like, no, nah, their defense sucks, man. I mean, if they could get Jamal Adams back, that'd be one thing, but like, but some teams should be like, they should always, I hate to say it. You should have some playoffs teams. Like there should, there are some teams that should be always like the Cowboys should be bound for playoffs. The freaking uh, Seahawks should be bound for playoffs. Denver should be bound for playoffs. Pittsburgh. But like, but that's all de- determined by the front office and the coaching staff that's in place right now. I don't think that that's like – I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I, I mean, like the I, Packers I are almost always in it, so that's one of those teams. Like I hate to say it. Like I think there are some teams that are just – they're wired to be good. And like, I don't see, but I, I like, you're going to tell me that it's, there's something within the organization that makes them like, like there's, there's good juju inside the building. No, no. I'm not, come on. Super <laughs> now, you're trying, now you're coming at me. No, but I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're like, saying. Look because at, look mean, at the crap that Dallas has been spinning out for the last six seasons. Yeah. They're like a totally garbage team. But they still carry the mantle of America's team. Right? Okay, but that has so much more to do with all of the marketing and everything that went but, on no, back no, no, in the seventies. I'm saying, as a team, like they're carrying the mantle of America's team, but they, like, really, in my opinion, have been garbage. What the only glimpse of life on that team being Dak, and that's it. Well, Zeke. No. No, I will not even give you that. No. Now you're going to give me homework. I'm going to start pulling up stats because I really hate, well, I really hate the Cowboys. By the but way, there's the, 30 teams in baseball. So you want to be one of, you want to be in the one, 12 and a half. I want to be one of 12 and a half teams at the end of the year. 25%. That's it. There are teams in football that, that are pretty much wired. Like the Seahawks, honestly, but they weren't be- before, like, I mean, yeah, they had, like, they had the Matt Hasselbeck Super oh my Bowl, God, you're- right? Where they lost. They've been a top-tier team for a while now. They've been, they've been, okay, but then they went through, like, the what, the, the Jim Mora uh, yeah. era, which was a freaking disaster. And, and look, I mean, I'm not, I think, yes, there are, there are organizations that are run very well. You look at the Patriots, right? A lot of that has been because of Bill Belichick, but he's also been in charge as a general manager. You look at the Seahawks, you have Pete Carroll and John Schneider, a good head coach. You know, like where you've had success, you usually find either one guy that's in charge because he's really good at doing both, or you find two guys that are working very well in tandem. But ultimately, it's more, I feel like it's because the organization identifies the right type of head coach. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? Right. That's somewhere where that's because that's a family run organization where they had like, this is the way we do business, right? Okay. And, so and not, other right. organizations, I just feel like overall, you've seen like, even with the Lakers, right? Once 
the the bus family when um how was it Jerry? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But I get your point. But yeah, it's like so there was that, all the turmoil with the kids because, I mean, the Giants, right? Like the Mara yeah. family. Now you got the Giants and it's like, I mean. Okay, so a healthy organization, some some things are baked into their success. That's my point. I'm not trying to go into the weeds about the, the particulars. I'm saying some organizations, unfortunately, you have to call it for what it is. They're going to be your top tier. Then you have the up and comings like the Titans, right? They've been on this steady climb to the top and they're getting better and better every season. So I think that as competition starts to level out, right? You don't have all these super stacked teams. You have the you have Houston that's becoming a name that people talk about every year. As and a they joke. Like, because- <laughs> well, People are more worried about their roster and their comfort and their division than people give them credit for. Right? I mean, I have, I guess you have, you have inconsistency inconsistent teams like Atlanta, right, where they get all this press just for giggles. They're still not a good team. No, Atlanta's garbage. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm just saying, like, when you look at how the like, my point is, get a healthy organization, you make better decisions. You should expect certain things out of your team. Yes. Okay. Uh, and may, I'm sorry if I. Dragged us way down in the weeds there. I think I was just... You did. You were just trying to defend State. And no, I it wasn't that. even a matter of trying to defend State because ultimately that's where I still feel like State has has not been a very well-run organization. Like the best leadership we've had in the last 30 years since Jim Valvano was Debbie Yao. I mean, and to and her right. credit, like she did everything she could to try and put the men's basketball and the football programs on the right track. She had really nowhere to go with that first hire after she had to get, I mean, that she couldn't keep Sidney Lowe. Sidney Lowe was a disaster towards the end there. He had a decent recruiting class. People are like, well, you're going to get whatever. Sidney Lowe, sorry. Mark Gottfried was not the man we should have hired, right? But he was the guy that said yes, because everybody else had already said no. And she couldn't let that thing go on any farther. So what then, your, sorry. All right. But here's where I, here's, Okay, states had like basketball wise have had a rocky like since Valvano, seriously. Yes. Like it's been up and down. No, we pissed well, off the basketball gods and they <laughs> they have taken it out on us ever since. But please football go wise, there was a time where I remember state would be Clemson. State had some very good years along the way. Okay. Now, but how hear hear me out. How do they fix that program i don't know but it's not like they don't have the dna or the or people don't want to go to state no but see like this is the other thing that drives me nuts is people want to make out clemson to be like oh dabo swinney built this monster of clemson that nobody ever thought clemson was a top five team regularly long before dabo swinney got there granted they were known for clemsoning which meant fucking up when they had everything in the back, which you might as well just call NC stating at this point, because <laughs> that's where I've been with our football team for the last 15 years. I mean, really like after a motto, we had Chuck O'Brien after a motto. We had Tom O'Brien. Tom O'Brien right. was the guy that could beat Clemson. He was the guy that could beat Boston college. You know, when people still thought they were good after he left, the problem was he was also going to lose to Maryland. He was going to, you know, like the only team he didn't lose to was Carolina until the very, very end. And then it was just, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Well, I don't, as I don't a fan. have a fix for college No, I football. know. I mean, I understand you don't have a fix. I don't have a fix either. I mean, I'm sitting here complaining as a fan. I don't know how you fix it. I mean, you know, like 
yeah, to some degree, you you need to catch lightning in a bottle. Like you need to kind of, you need to either identify the right talent for your program, or and, go deeper in the bench. And I think that's a lot of the problem with college uh, sports is that they go yeah. for these these uh, hot seniors and juniors a lot of times, and they're not looking at the sophomores. You see it in basketball all the time. You see, you'll see where these kids like just completely skip college and go to the pros. So I think that with when it comes to college sports for me, and I probably look more at the basketball side of it, it's probably the same thing happening in football. You need to stop just looking at the freaking juniors and seniors and probably start scouting the sophomores. Because there's a lot of kids out there at good schools that could be the person that you grow into. See, but that's that's where I will argue again, because if there's one thing that I think Dave Doran has done a good job of in his tenure is identifying lower level talents that have the potential to grow. I mean, Bradley Chubb was a two-star recruit coming out of high school. And thank you, NC State, for Bradley Chubb. I mean, yeah. Like, this is something that his staff has done regularly is they'll get a couple of four-star guys, right? Uh, we got Johnny Frazier, right? Like, who was supposed to go to Florida State. is supposed to be an incredible running back. He comes to NC State, and it doesn't work out. I mean, like, right. that's that's the thing. And I know that it's not, but it feels like we're snake bit, you know? Like, where it's just every time <laughs> that something good happens, fucking watch your back, man, because that state shit's going to rear its head. And, you know, like, I mean, starting out the season four and one, we were feeling good. And then what happens? Leary freaking gets decimated and everybody immediately goes, season's done. There is well, no point in fucking paying attention anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you this on this season and next my goal for next year is to do watch a lot more college football so I can have better conversations about it. But I think it's the same freaking argument I'd have about the pros right now. It's you're going from zero to 60 in like half the time. So these guys are probably not even conditioned and that's probably explains a lot of the injuries. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Carolina beat state and it made me feel good. And yeah. That, that's probably what I'm going to, I'm going to watch a lot more college ball next year. And I know we, we've gone over a lot of topics, but there's something I almost forgot about talking about earlier in politics yeah. that actually keeps uh, making me feel a little bit better. And there's like this, not a, um, well, there's an exodus of Christians from Trump, which actually makes me feel really, really, really good. Um, you have no idea. Cause it's like, please, that can't, like fire the marketing team. <laughs> if that's your go-to move and like you're saying you support him for your faith, you're, you got it all wrong. So I'm like really excited to see that um, that's happening. And I'm also seeing a lot of like a focus in the family is a super huge conservative group. People are leaving that group in droves. And I'm actually as a, as a, person of faith and a Christian. I'm like super excited about that because like, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I went through and started pruning some of the podcasts I would listen to because I was looking on these, these, unfortunately their pastors stances on some of the issues in the country. And a lot of them didn't say anything, Greg Laurie, uh, Tony Evans, you know, people like that. And I just like, like, yo, that's not what I believe. And that's not canceling them. It's kind of like, you know, on the big issues, the things that are right in our face, you can't talk about those. And the guy that you say you follow that you preach about every Sunday did I'm good. So I moved on, but um, I, I have some hope 
and it's not a lot, but it's a little bit of glimmer of hope and faith that uh, American Christians like are probably peeling away from the stupidity. And that, that brings a little bit of light and joy to my heart because it's embarrassing. Cause it's like, dude, I get why people say they don't like Christians because of you fools. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah, so I, want, I, I wanted to make a point. I keep saying my only beefs with, is with Christians. So it's good to see that people are actually saying enough's enough. And we, we gotta, we, we can't say we profess one thing and do something different. It just blows my mind. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been another good episode. I still think we should put a pin in the season. Um, We're going to put a pin in this episode. Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, (laughs) Because I didn't eat dinner this time, so I got to go eat. (laughs) Me neither. I know, right? We do leftovers on Tuesdays now to accommodate the podcasting schedule. Are you trying to one-up me? I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, wait, because you don't do leftovers. Yeah. (laughs) No, they're not really leftovers. I swear to God. I listened to that episode of like. I'm like, man, I was just trying to make myself feel better. Um, yeah. I didn't. I failed. No. And now it's you out know, there for the whole world to see. <laughs> the Thanks. one and only downside of having a podcast. I know, right? There was a time you failed on October 27th. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. No, this was a good episode. Um, We're glad everybody hung in there with us. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we can't thank our listening audience enough. Um, we got our first, I think non family, uh, piece of feedback (laughs) recently saying that we've come a long way since the first episode. Um, which I think is true. You know, like Andre was talking to me the other day. He was like, episode 40 sounded really good. And I was like, really? I didn't think it sounded all that different. And then I was listening to it in the car today. And I was like, actually, no, that does sound really good. I don't know what I did, but no, I know exactly what I did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just like, it's very encouraging, you know, just like anybody out there to hear that somebody is consuming our content, that they find value in what it is that we're producing, um, that they enjoy listening to our conversations. I mean, we'd still do it anyways, because we enjoy our conversations. But uh, when we have the opportunity to do that and add value to somebody else's life or provide a perspective on something that they might not see otherwise, um, that's wonderful. So thank you to Chris uh, Brumfield. I'm going to give you a shout out here uh, at the end of the podcast. So I'll find out if you listen to episode 41, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brum, nice to hear from you. Very good feedback. We're uh, going to have him on as a guest. That's the only reason I called him out because uh, we'll have him on a gu- as a guest here sometime. We'll discuss his uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um we did not discuss the one thing he asked me to talk about today, which was how North Carolina State could let a certain former Wisconsin Badger leave uh, and become what is now looking like a surefire Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. But we'll definitely tackle that next week. Maybe we'll get Brum on next week and we'll talk about that. Yeah, because I. Yeah, that's a good topic. Uh, <laughs> So we definitely, uh, again, we pay for all this out of our own pocket. Uh, so we'll do this for forever. Yeah, another so, week or two, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, please send us your feedback at the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. You can always visit our website at Chris and Andre show.com. Uh, 
some of our musings chris has got this whole thing of um i don't know he's like on this role lately of being productive just crushing it crushing it it's sick um and it's putting pressure on me so but yeah i've got my yeah. movie reviews i'm way like i got a bunch i gotta i gotta get out there but i'm trying not to overload andre uh you're not trying very hard but um we <laughs> We appreciate everybody that listens to us all the way, all the way around the world and then some. So that's pretty dope. Hit us up. What do you on, mean and then some? We got like out in outer space. We got people listening on the moon. Possibly they could be listening to the space, uh, the International Space Station. You never know. Pusha. You never know. Pusha. Uh, I swear to God, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to us on uh, Pandora, SoundCloud, uh, Yahoo, yeah, oh, crap, I messed up. Google Play Music. I almost said Yahoo for some yeah. reason. Apple Podcasts. I think that's one that messed me up. Tune in. Am I missing one? Spotify. Yeah, it's all Spotify. YouTube. YouTube Music. Google. Yeah, but yeah. Um, at some point, we have been rec- we recorded last week video. We recorded today video. Uh, at some point I will get around to actually editing them once I find a suitable editing platform. Um, but yeah, so check out our YouTube channel. We're going to be getting more, some, some more stuff up there here in the near future as well. Yeah. I I even got a haircut. So things are lovely. Look at that. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us and always please, if you have feedback, if you want to, you know, shout out, shout us out, share a podcast. Uh, if you've got something you think we want to listen to, shoot it our way uh, the chris and andre show at gmail.com please create um, as many fake counts as, accounts as you can and subscribe over and over again gosh this guy this guy <sighs> we're <laughs> this guy i swear on my right toe as always i'm andre and i am chris See, there it is. You, you wait till the end of the episode. Let's that's that that's my new thing. I don't want to give it away at the beginning. I want people to have to listen all the way through. Yeah. Because we don't have fast forward options in the country. <laughs> We're glad you join us and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>